Greetings, and welcome to Montessori in Action, a podcast for Montessori educators to remind you that you are not alone. I'm your host, Elizabeth Slade, and let's spend some time listening to what is in the hearts and on the minds of other Montessorians. This episode features two Montessori trainers who talked with us about the experience of serving their communities. Isabel Arce Garcia works at the Instituto Nueva Escuela in Puerto Rico, and Kyria Al-Kalam works at the Sarja Education Academy in the United Arab Emirates. Please welcome Isabel and Kyria. Welcome, Isabel and Kyria, to Montessori in Action, the podcast. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for having us. We're so happy to be here too, Elizabeth, and welcome, Isabel. Hmm. Wonderful. Well, it's amazing to be in the presence of two international Montessori trainers, and I was hoping we could begin by introducing yourselves to our listeners. Sure. Um, hi, my name is Isabel Arce. I am a secondary Montessori guide uh, who works who worked for 28 years in a public Montessori school here in Guaynabo, Puerto Rico. That's where we're from. Mm-hmm. And well, right now I'm retired, but I'm still working with the uh, Montessori community as a coordinator for the secondary level at Instituto Nueva Escuela. It's a training center aiming to facilitate the transformation of public schools um, through Montessori and provide a Montessori preparation to teachers in public Montessori schools here in the island. Um, I have also been a facilitator or trainer at INE since uh, 2015. And I also trained with CMSTEP on the secondary level and also audited the elementary two training with CMTE uh, previous to my formal training. Mm, lovely. Thank you. My name is Khairiya Al-Qalam. I'm uh, from Jordan. I have been uh, a Montessorian for 23 years now. I started as a teacher in modern Montessori school. Then I moved to be a teacher, uh, then a coordinator. I mean, after that, I became a trainer. I'm now a trainer for uh, 13 years. I love training. Um, um, I have a master in education and psychological counseling. Beside my mass, my uh, diploma in uh, Montessori, I trained in a Montessori in uh, London Center, mm-hmm. and it was uh, cooperation between the center in Jordan and the Montessori uh, Center uh, in London. I went to Saudi Arabia for three years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what languages do you train in, Karia? Yes, I train in both languages, Arabic and English. We're bilingual. Lovely. And are the albums in Arabic as well? Yes, everything. We translated everything to Arabic. Wow. Okay, and Isabel, is your training center in English and in Spanish or just in one? Um, right now it's in Spanish. At some point, uh, we did have uh, the first tra- our first trainers were, were from CMTE and CMSTEP. So uh, the first teachers that trained here, trained in English, but we had translators. I was one of those mm-hmm. translators. Uh, right mm-hmm. now, everything mm-hmm. is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. And all the albums are in Spanish. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you for um, framing our conversation. I'm always curious with the guests on how they found Montessori. So how did you, what was the original connection point to Montessori in your life, Isabel? Well, in our case, uh, I started in our school was uh, Juan Ponce de Leon here in Puerto Rico in Guaynabo. And it was a special school because it was reopened by the community. It was a school that was closed by the government, by the Department of Education, and they reclaimed it and asked the, the Department of Education to reopen it. So when I arrived there, uh, they were already a mm -hmm. different school. They were mm -hmm. looking for ways to... Um, tend to the needs of their students. So they wanted to start education from the students. They were exploring multiple strategies and methodologies like uh, uh, whole language and global. And uh, when I started there, um, Ana Maria, who you, I think you know, Ana Maria Garcia mm -hmm. Blanco was the director of the school. And mm -hmm. she presented us uh, Montessori as an alternative that was working for her children, for her daughter and her son. And, well, we started looking into it, and we discovered that its philosophy and methodology were very well aligned to what we were looking uh, to, to tend to the needs of our students. So we started you know, looking into it, and eventually we turned it into the first Montessori public school here in Puerto Rico. It was a gradual process. It was very organic. We started, uh, one of our teachers decided to go and train with CMT, and she started the first children's house uh, in a public school here in Puerto Rico. And uh, after that, every time our students reached one of the levels, they finished one of the levels, the teachers for the next level started training. <laughs> and so when they, when they reached that level, they were ready. And mm. that way we just, we turned our, the school, transformed mm. our school into a Montessori school. And eventually I started on the elementary level, but really I was very cold to the secondary. I liked their energy and their mm. questioning and all that. Mm. So mm -hmm. eventually I, I moved to the secondary level and that's where it reached a point where they needed us to uh, transform. Mm -hmm. And of course, I said yes. And mm -hmm. that's how I met Montessori and the wonderful philosophy. <laughs> wonderful. How about for you, Karia? For me, I always uh, like to learn things, new things, and try new things. But mm. one day I was taking, uh, I registered my sons in modern Montessori school. So I was trying to find out what mm -hmm. Montessori is about so I started to, to go mm -hmm. deep and learn what is Montessori then um, I understood what it is and the school offered the center offered that they are doing mm -hmm. a diploma in Montessori so I registered uh, myself and I took the diploma mm -hmm. for one year I studied when I loved it I felt like it's um, something new that we lack in our country that's why I started to uh, mm. go into training and uh, train uh, teachers to become teachers. Mm -hmm. So you're winding right into the next question. Maybe you could continue talking a little bit about how how you got called to become a trainer. So how, why why did you choose to, yes, step from the classroom into working with adults training them to become Montessori guides. Yes, that's what I was saying uh, earlier, that uh, 
when I went deep into Montessori, I loved it. I wanted to the teachers to learn how to deal with the mm-hmm. students mm-hmm. because they will be the teachers for the future. We will step down mm-hmm. one day and they have to take over uh, what we're doing. They are the new generation to teach the children. So we need to look to a new, a new method instead of rote learning. Mm-hmm. And we still lack this. And we still need to mm-hmm. teach the children, mm-hmm. the t- teachers to transform their ideas about learning, about uh, teaching, about how they have to deal with the children. It's not about education. It's about to develop mm-hmm. the child. And mm-hmm. uh, the child is the holistic of the process, the whole process. So our teachers need training for these things, these points. Mm. Mm. So, yes, that's what uh, I, I did. That's what I like to do, to to clarify things for teachers, to teach them how yeah. to deal, as I said, with us children. Mm. Lovely. And for you, Isabel, what prompted you to become a Montessori trainer? Um, well, uh, during that process that I described previously, uh, eventually uh, we realized that if we wanted to share Montessori with other people, with other teachers that were asking the same questions as we were asking ourselves, mm-hmm. how, to, how what's a better education for our students? And it has a lot, a, a lot to do with what you described, Carrie. And um, at that point, we realized that if we wanted that, we needed to bring the training to Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and we needed mm-hmm. it to be accessible to many of our teachers because mm-hmm. um, even when we are a territory of the United States, our first language is Spanish, and not all, not everybody uh, speaks English or, you know, enough to be able to train in English. So we started bringing them here. We, uh, mm-hmm. we translated uh, during the process, it was very hard because yeah. it was like, you know, doing the the training two times yes. uh, because yes. they would speak and then we would translate and it was mm-hmm. hard. So mm-hmm. uh, during that process, I was one of those who offered to translate. And that's how I actually started, mm-hmm. you know, realizing the richness and, and the value that the Montessori philosophy has. And uh, when I trained uh, as a secondary uh, guide. Uh, at that point, they asked us if uh, we wanted to um, have that level here in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. So as mm-hmm. just as the school transformed uh, level by level, we started uh, accrediting. When they reached the secondary level and we trained, uh, they were with us um, like five, six, seven years they were accompanying us, but eventually they asked if we wanted to be trainers. And so we prepared to be trainers for mm. two years. We were shadowing our trainers and helping train others here in Puerto Rico. And uh, at that time, we we knew we needed to do this yeah. in Spanish. We needed to uh, also mm-hmm. um, adapt and uh, make the changes that were needed uh, because we are a different culture and we are uh, a different country and our needs 
are different. So mm-hmm. uh, we realized that we needed to do this. And I loved it. You know, it was like having uh, a different kind of students and uh, helping them see things in a different way. Because here in mm-hmm. Puerto Rico, um, we have a, our public schools, of course, are inside the Department of Education. But it's a to- totally different view. And that's mm-hmm. where our teachers trained. So mm-hmm. they needed to restructure their mind. Mm-hmm. They needed to mm-hmm. see things differently. And uh, we needed to do changes to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So you are seamlessly pulling us into our next question in thinking about the unique elements. So you were talking about how your culture is different. And so the training needs to adapt to really respond to the community. And I'm just curious if you would share what unique elements you've added that support the community you serve? Well, in our case, uh, this this is really big. I'm, I'm going to try to summarize it because yeah. it, it's yes. been a long process for us. Um, while we were transforming our school, as I said, there were other schools asking the same questions and uh, they started to to make a group of schools which were called uh, Escuelas Hermanas, uh, sister schools that were asking the same questions. And in that process, uh, they discovered Montessori as we did, and they wanted it to uh, be part of their schools. But seeing from where we came from, uh, Montessori is just part of that transformation. It is mm-hmm. it is a, a foundational part, but it's part because we needed a transformation of the school culture. We need a transformation of the community that it's uh, every day inside that school. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you could understand, when you come from a system that, uh, well, tends to be a little rough <laughs> on its mm-hmm. participants, to say mm-hmm. it, you know, mildly. So the system you're thinking of when you speak here is the public school system? Yes. Is that? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they come from a totally different perspective on education. That's right. That's right. So it's very hard and uh, to try to uh, apply Montessori in this process. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. we realize that this is not only Montessori training training that they need. They needed to rethink their their school community. They needed mm-hmm. to start from a different. Uh, Perspective. So that's how uh, Instituto Nueva Escuela was founded. It was that group of schools that wanted to transform their, themselves and also help on the transformation of the public system in Puerto Rico. Mm. So one of the things that it it's that we 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 are not just a training center. Our model of transformation is a triangle in which. Families share governance and the Montessori philosophy and uh, methodology go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of visits before and after the training, as well, of of course, as during the training. We accompany directors in the transformation process. We help Mm -hmm. teachers um, build a community of professional learners. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. uh, we support them in building that peace culture that we think it's so needed inside our public schools. So in that process, we meet families, students, and uh, we make sure that their voices are inside the process of transformation. 
And all of this we do with SIME, which is uh, our representative inside the Department of Education. It's the Montessori Education Secretariat inside the the Department of Education. This is this was a very long process that we finally were able to uh, to get to 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 have them there. So they help on facilitating that whole transformation. Mm -hmm. So that is something mm -hmm. different. Also, INE provides a lot of programs that enrich uh, the project and the public schools that we serve. Uh, programs like uh, school gardens and Casa Familiar, which mm -hmm. I don't know how to translate, but it's, um, it's a group of people that help the families inside the school. They help them get what they need. Uh, mm -hmm. They tend to their needs. Uh, mm -hmm. We have butterfly gardens and all of that with alliances with many other sectors uh, outside the Department of Education and INE. So there's a lot of people that are looking to contribute to mm -hmm. have a different education. And mm -hmm. they approached us and we turned into this big <laughs> thing mm -hmm. that we call Instituto Nueva Escuela that mm. helps uh, the, on the transformation and turn the school into something else. Um, mm. On the secondary level, uh, which as I don't know if you know, I guess you do, <laughs> that uh, we don't have albums. We have mm -hmm. to build our own albums. Right. So our uh, training was uh, a lot of what we usually had in our school when we were in the school. So it was kind of traditional. And the first... Uh, adult learners that we had said just that. They said, well, we're in Montessori. What's happening here? <laughs> we need to transform this. So we have worked a lot to transform our training and, uh, use alternative, um, strategies like, for example, impressionistic lessons, uh, mm -hmm. discussion, discussion okay. tra strategies that are not centralized in the trainer, but mm -hmm. in the adult learners and you know other student learner uh student centered i'm sorry student centered activities that then make it a real montessori experience for them for us it's very important that they take with them this uh, modeling because mm -hmm. what they're used to is very different it's That's the right. teacher is the center so mm -hmm. uh this way we model it to them and then they go and reproduce it for with their students with their mm -hmm. adolescents Mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. so that's some of the things that we wow. do differently <laughs> wow so i mean a beautiful way you describe the the triangle and the way those three pieces are really a transformation center not just a training mm -hmm. center but a transformation which really speaks to the power of um what has happened in the communities around mm -hmm. the Montessori schools is that it's a bigger lens even than I'm not just teaching people how to use these didactic materials mm -hmm. or even just this philosophy it's a it's a world view um that is encompassing and, and all the work to, um, really deepen the training on the secondary level, um, to, to pull that right in. Thank you very much for explaining all that. Um, Kyria, can you share a little bit about the unique elements that you've brought in or that you've seen? Yes, of course, uh, Elizabeth. But unfortunately, uh, Montessori is still limited to, um, uh, private schools in Jordan, but we mm -hmm. didn't uh, go through to uh, public uh, schools. 
uh, because they have their own vision. But uh, now I felt uh, like people started to uh, be more aware of Montessori and uh, the principles of Montessori. It's not only the, uh, as you said, didactic materials, mm-hmm. all the tools. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but it's it's more than that. It's about teaching children yeah. respect and independent, and how yes. to follow the child and how to follow the child's uh, interest and. Um, the freedom of movement and freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. All of these elements are factors that they need to know about it. But now they're into, um, more into integration. And the social emotional, right? The, how to interact with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially after the COVID, they need the social and emotional interaction. They need to uh, fit in environment that help them to grow uh, properly. Mm-hmm. After um, the COVID, as I said, and uh, they need uh, the fine motor skills and the gross mm-hmm. motor skills to mm-hmm. develop in a proper way. I'm appreciating how expansive the conversation is and thinking about how Montessori can take a leadership role in the larger conversations that are happening in countries um, everywhere in terms of how we're best serving children, their families, and the wider communities. Um, all right, this um, came up already when we were talking about um, the training being in different languages, but I'm very curious. It's been um, an ongoing conversation um, around the science of reading here in the communities that are serving um, children in English, um, how we are teaching reading and how we are teaching the language curriculum, one that was established in Italian. Um, and what are the things that we're doing to create that as a strong um, curriculum in English? And I'm really curious to hear what your training centers are doing to create a strong foundation um, within that language so that the learners have a sort of a seamless experience of learning to speak write and read? Well, um, uh, here in Puerto Rico, uh, of course, to be able to do our training in Spanish, we had to translate everything. So the albums are all in Spanish. and But mm-hmm. of course, when we reached the language mm-hmm. album, it was very interesting <laughs> because it, it, it was wonderful. But for the English speaker, for us, it didn't, it didn't actually work. So we had uh, our guides, the ones that trained first, they offered to build their own, uh, basing their uh, strategies and um, the way that language is presented. It, they based it on our English albums, which it's, you know, kind of funny because it was translated from the Italian. <laughs> so eventually, I guess that at some point, somebody sat and did that same thing with the albums from the, the Italian language to the English language. So in our case, uh, especially Gladisa, one of mm-hmm. our teachers, she sat mm-hmm. and she turned mm-hmm. the grammar mm-hmm. album into a grammar album in Spanish. So it was a lot of work, but it, it's wonderful. It's an amazing mm-hmm. album. And uh, that's what we use uh, on our training. Uh, in, right. That's on the elementary level. In the secondary level, we don't have that difficulty because we build our own curriculum. So our curriculum is based on our language and what's asked 
for from us to teach to our students uh, from the Department of Education the standards mm -hmm. and objectives that they ask for. That's what mm -hmm. we turn into our own album. So <laughs> there we don't mm -hmm. have that mm -hmm. kind of problem. And how about in Arabic? Arabic is a very hard language, but we manage to translate everything into Arabic language, even the movable alphabets, the books, the uh, workbooks, everything we did it in, in Arabic. But it, it, the process is very long for the mm -hmm. student to learn the Arabic language because it has so many Uh, like um, uh, the letters, they have so many shapes, different shapes, like the k in English, it stays k, whatever you put it in the word. But for Arabic, it, it changed the, uh, the shape of the letter in the first of the letter in the word, in, in the middle, at the end. So there is different shapes for each letter. And we have these small things that we put uh, mm. on top of each word like the um, French accent Y and uh, accent um, um, Guyet. <laughs> yes. And so when they put the words together, they have to build it from scratch. So we go into the process where the children need to learn all of these. Um, so that they learn English faster than Arabic. And even the concepts they have to learn uh, the process is it's a little bit harder uh, so accent we as the, the small things and they have to to know how to write we have a big problem with even writing they have to practice mm -hmm. writing it's hard too much because the letters are connected together in the process of writing Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I imagine that you've had to add lessons then to support some an emerging reader or an emerging writer in Arabic to uh, explain and understand the pieces that you were talking about. Yes, uh, Elizabeth, definitely. But it's not because emerging, but because the process is longer. So we did like after school uh, hour intervention classes to give mm -hmm. these more mm -hmm. to give the students more time mm -hmm. to practice Arabic language, especially if we want to align it with English language. In English language, they mm -hmm. go faster, as I said. So we had to do these intervention classes and after school classes for them to get uh, aligned with the English language. Isabel, did you want to chime in with something there? No, I'm just amazed. You know, I, I'm just trying to imagine the process because uh, for us, it's it's a little similar but not that level <laughs> in mm -hmm. our case uh sometimes when you speak in spanish it's longer than mm -hmm. uh when you speak in english but it didn't affect us in terms of our uh, of changing everything to be able to teach spanish in a montessori way as uh she is describing so i'm just amazed <laughs> So my last question um, for our time today is, um, and you've both mentioned this a little bit, but how do you see Montessori as having a positive impact in your home community? In what ways has it helped um, for towards human flourishing? Well, in our case, uh, it has been a game changer for the Montessori schools in the public sector that have uh, said yes to this. Um, It has turned that school into a school that it's 
for the community, from the community. And uh, the values in that school have changed. You can feel, in most of them, you can feel the transformation into a peace, peaceful community, into peace education. It's palpable when you enter these schools. Uh, and that's been one of the foundations in that transformation mm. uh, because peace education, it's social change, it's social justice, mm. it's building community. And that's been the center of the transformation for our schools. The students and adults look happier. They're committed to their schools. They feel that it belongs to them. Uh, they, they center in, in core values like learning, hard work, respect, peace. Mm -hmm. The students want to stay in the school. We have uh, zero dropouts. Yeah. We have no major mm -hmm. violent incidents in our schools. And parents are engaged. They, they want to protect the school for their students. They want it to uh, be better. They want it to, uh, they want to improve the school for their student, their kids. Uh, kids and adolescents are preparing themselves for a future that they want and that they see possible. And, you know, everybody dreams mm, big mm -hmm. and know that they will, they will be supported mm -hmm. on their dreams. And actually, mm -hmm. that's what makes mm -hmm. a community. So they really mm -hmm. feel like part of that community. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. And I'm thinking some of the programs that you mentioned, Isabel, as like, good seed ideas for your school's career, like to have a garden um, club or to have a um, the butterfly garden or ways for families to come together to be more outside. I love the ideas of um, the prepared environment of the world as a piece that we need to like explicitly introduce following the pandemic lockdown and the ways that children were away is that we need to reintroduce the world as a prepared environment for learning for children. Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. That's what we did. We have the uh, garden outside the school, of course, and the children go out and learn how to plant and water the plants and put the seeds because when you ask a child from where we get we get the tomato they say it's from the supermarket mm. that's what we encourage right, children right. yeah we <laughs> encourage children to go and be engaged with the environment after sitting a long time in in, in houses mm -hmm. and uh, in front of devices and computers so they need to get engaged in the environment and appreciate the um, world around them and look at the wonders around mm, them and mm. what they can benefit from it. So mm. I'm, I'm thinking of when I worked at a um, school in Hartford, Connecticut, and we started a garden and the children out there and I was um, coming out of the building at the end of the day and some children were in the after school program and they were out in the garden. And I said, what are you doing? And they said, we're finding these and they held up worms. We're finding these. And what are those? I don't know what these are. Right. And so what I'm getting as you're both talking is what's universal wherever we are is our planet we all have our planet and montessori understood you know a hundred years ago our hands in the soil our feet on the planet these are the things that ground us so it's fabulous to be united yes. in thinking about how do we yes. get our children and families back to yes. the earth in mm -hmm. this time 
Thank you both so much for being on the podcast today. Really appreciate connecting with you. You're welcome, Elizabeth. And nice to meet you, Isabel. Thank you for all. And I wish that we can spread Montessori around the world and especially in our countries so they know the benefit of it. Me too. Nice to meet you. You know, I'm taking what you just uh, talked about to heart and I'm going to share it here with the people because I'm really amazed at the work that you're doing. Thank you so much and thank you Elizabeth for having us. Our show is a project of Public Montessori in Action, elevating voices in the community to forward the mission. Our host is Elizabeth Slade. Our producer is Isaac Price Slade. If you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with others. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.